You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans, can you believe this? It's podcast number 114, and if you think you never get anything new with the Southside Sox Mothership podcast, well, I'm here to tell you, as I always am, you're wrong. This is a first. We're sort of doing a meet the players uh, with just more than one player. Uh, we've had a recent, as we get in, get through the dog days, and uh, well, at least Southside Sox is actually playing like there's a home stretch of the season because we made some enormous talent acquisitions here in the last week or so. And it does seem to me almost all of that new talent has decided to join me on this Southside Sox Select podcast. It's number 114. Uh, we've got some new folks to talk to. First half of this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about their fan backgrounds. Uh, there are no wrong answers and there is no test, but I still will be quizzing. Uh, and uh, second half, I suppose, if we have to, we'll talk about the 2022 White Sox fresh off of taking two out of three, but still losing the season series to the Kansas City Royals. Okay. Uh, I think these names are straightforward enough for me not to butcher, but I make no promises. I believe up in the left-hand corner, it's probably different for everybody, to block, I am going to take Allie Wessel. Allie, welcome. Very happy to have you here. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate it. Uh, okay, going down maybe to try to get uh, three straight. It is going to be, okay, here we go. Melissa Sage Bolenbach. Did I get that right? Representing Gen X. Sweet. That's <laughs> right. I finally have someone close to my age. Wow. Okay, and continuing with the connections to me, because this is what it's all about. It's a fellow Paisan. Okay, Marja Uso, Uh She is en route to her actual podcasting studio she's now in parts unknown but 
Marge, welcome. Uh, very happy to have you with us. Thank you. And of course, um, outside the Chicago area and our already designated um, uh, ballpark, uh, <laughs> visiting ballpark writer beat, uh, it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, uh, welcome as well. Very, very happy to uh, have you joining us and uh, intrigued to know what your impressions are going to be of, uh, let's see, Seattle, whatever they call it, T-Mobile, whatever, Seattle's Park and uh, yep. uh, Oakland and, uh, you know, parts unknown. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, okay, let's, um, you're not meeting me. I, everybody knows you've heard too much about me already. So I will try to not chime in too much on answers. But of course, we're going to just start with, I guess, um, how each of you became a White Sox fan. I can already tell there are some interesting stories, um, including some very strange generational interplay, at least with with one of you. Uh, so let's start again. Let's just go again. Top corner of the block. Uh, Allie, uh, tell me how you made it to the White Sox. Yeah. So, um, I live in a split household. My oh. mom and my brother are Cubs fans. Um, oh. my mom, my oh. mom grew up, uh, Ryan Sandberg, like idolizing Ryan Sandberg and Ron Santo. So up until probably like second grade, I was like a Cubs fan. My first baseball game that I remember going to was at Wrigley. Um, but my dad's dad, had weekend season tickets to the White Sox. And so they had four seats up in the 500 level and I would always get invited when they had an extra seat. So we would go do the stadium club before and then walk up the ramps to the seats. And like, how do you not get brainwashed when you're being, you know, given the <laughs> VIP treatment at the stadium club? And my papa used to, um, teach me how to do the scorecard um he'd like buy the dollar scorecard and the 25 cent pencil and teach me how to do the box score so I think that was kind of how I got brainwashed and then of course we won a world series so like that was like you know peak and then I I kind of bought in ever since then so yeah yeah Wrigley Field troughs versus stadium club yeah I think <laughs> that makes sense to me too for uh, sure for sure um yeah the oh boy so um Mom going to be disappointed. Mom going to be happy. She, she's come to terms with the fact that you're on the right side. Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And it's been fun the last couple of years. Um, I've gone to quite a few games and we've been able to hit two crosstowns in the last two years. So that's been a fun little rivalry. Um, the last one we were at was the Sunday, the finale of the crosstown, the crazy weird extra inning game. Mm -hmm. um, but last year I was at the only game the Cubs took from the Sox. Mm. So that was not fun for yeah. me. But she had say, a great time. I was going to say you're picking a good time to catch crosstown with your mom, except, yeah, if you're catching the the rare Cubs wins, that's yeah, yeah. that's not the best. Yeah. Uh, okay. A, um, a fellow, well, I guess sort of, Southside hit men uh yeah. roots all the way back to the south side hit men and definitely winning ugly uh melissa uh give me a little bit more detail about how you uh, managed to come to the white Sox. hopefully you didn't have to like plow through your plow through one of your very own parents to get to the white Sox. <laughs> no i didn't um my dad was Albeit like pretty casual White Sox fan, um, but he would he would listen to it like he'd be tinker around tinkering around in the garage and he'd have the game on in the background. And so, I mean, it's hard not to get excited about a game when you hear Harry Carey. Um, I mean, he was just so vibrant and colorful. And so, you know, as a five, 
you know, five-year-old, my dad's out in the garage, I'm out there too. And I, I just, it kind of ignited my interest in baseball. And so he would, you know, teach me a little bit about listening on the radio and things like that, because I lived in Joliet at the time. And so TV or anything like that. So um, did a lot of listening on the radio. And then um, probably when I turned 11 is when I really started getting super excited about it because it was, of course, 1983 winning ugly. Um, just I didn't miss a game. Like I went, I mean, went to a game in September when they were like mm. right before they were getting ready to clinch and Carlton Fisk hit a homer. I mean, it was just... Yeah. And then like, there was no going back for me after that. Like yeah. it, it was a done deal. It was sealed. And here I am now 50 and still living and dying with this team. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like no progress has been made. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I've, yeah. in, 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 in all of our little sidebar conversations uh, we've had, I have already confessed to Melissa. The last game I cried over was a um, uh, game. Was that three? No, Five, four. Right? Game four. Uh, the the Tito Landrum game that defeated the White Sox and sent Britt Burns uh, crashing to the mound. And boy, I tell you, I was really invested in that. Yeah. Win an ugly team uh, as well. But for someone who perhaps was not even alive for the winning of the Chicago White Sox, let us take us down to Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth, um, when you're not, you know, gallivanting about uh, the globe, catching the Sox in opposing parks, uh, really, how did you uh, sort of make it to the team in the first place? Yeah, so that fate was kind of sealed for me uh, prior to birth. Uh, so both my grandparents grew up in the back of the yards. Um, so that just kind of established our yeah. fandom as a family. Um, and it kind of built from there. Um my papa instilled the rules of the game to me. Um, and so I'm one of those fans that will probably always follow the White Sox no matter what, uh, because it feels almost disloyal to him if I was to ever change. <laughs> um, so that's where it started. I actually went to my first ever Wrigley Field game with him because it was Harry Carey Beanie Baby Day. So uh, <laughs> that allowed kind of that exception. Um, so that was early on. And those were kind of my first memories of being a White Sox fan. And then obviously the 05 team I was in high school for, so got to skip school uh, for that parade. Thank you, mom. Um, <laughs> and it's just kind of, you know, catapulted from there. I'm now old enough that I can buy my own tickets and I'm fortunate enough that I live down the street from the twins so I can go yell at them. It's very convenient. <laughs> um, yeah. Or, or go and cheer for the White Sox when they're in town. Um, so yeah, I mean, this whole side of the fandom though is relatively new for me. I made the leap to White Sox Twitter, uh, call it maybe two months ago now. And that has been wild. And now I've decided to do ballpark tours as, we, as we've been talking about. So have a couple on deck here. Um, I think I'll hit five more before the end of the season. So keeps it interesting. Um, sometimes it's fun, especially with this team to go to an opposing park because mm. our fans aren't yelling at our team. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, right. You know, it keeps it interesting, but um, yeah, that's kind of how we became a White Sox family. 
people forget. Well, maybe none of us here do, but you know, certainly, and younger fans might. You know, Harry Carey was a very sharp announcer, still with the White mm-hmm. Sox when he still had his faculties with him. I mean, they're in the early seventies before I even was tapping into uh, games. I mean, he's a guy who would just be a one man booth. He'd do color, do play by play. He'd criticize. He'd also, you know, he would just call a really uh, great game. And for 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 us to know him just as the broadcaster he was with the Cubs. Uh, it is a very, very different, uh, different experience. It's sort of sad that that's sort of how he is thought of now, not just because it's associated with the Cubs. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, you don't want Cubby stink on anything, but, uh, <laughs> you know, just the fact that, you know, this, this is how most, you know, he's, he's caricature. Um, mm-hmm. uh, okay. And, uh, uh, Elizabeth has identified herself as such. I was also at the World Series parade. My dad was like yelling at cops who were telling us to get off the bridge and stuff. He, my dad always manages to make, no matter what game we're at, we're at like the perfect game and he's getting in like fights with people. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder why we're not close, but, uh, any, anyone else, uh, here also at the world, we'll talk more World Series in a second, but World Series parade, anybody else besides uh, me and Elizabeth? No. no. All right. Been like second grade. So. Uh, okay. All right. Too young. All right. I was on, I was on bed rest. I was pregnant oh. with my son, and I was on bed rest. And I, I yes, oh, that's a whole other angst about two thousand and five. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no kidding. And and you know, your 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 poor son then is. Oh my god! Let's just hope he's not like a guy who's a hundred one day and he's going to be one of those on the like the, the local news caller like he's never seen the White Sox win the World Series. He's the oldest White Sox fan who's never. Oh god! And well, he prevented just... his poor mother from going. Yeah, well, let's not forget about that. He probably won't mention that. I don't know. Uh, okay, Paisan, you're on. The, you're on with me now. Okay, uh, Marge, uh, let's talk about how you came to the White Sox. I imagine it involved like yelling or somebody getting in trouble, but uh, uh, what else happened? How'd you get to us? Well, it was a little bit. Um, my family, actually really similar to Elizabeth, uh, my family is from, we originate from uh, Taylor Street, uh, Taylor and Racine. Um, so always the whole family's been White Sox fans. I remember going to games when I was, you know, five and under, and my dad just swearing at the team and me just being like, this is great. I love this so much. And that is unfortunately how I became the psychopath that I am. Um, so it, it, it's a nostalgia thing for me. I didn't get to go to the parade, but um, I did stay up and watch all the games, you know, watch them win while my dad was falling asleep on the couch and had to wake him up when they won. Um, and I did have an awesome science teacher in seventh grade that loved the White Sox. So we did not do class that day. We watched the parade oh, and it's nice. one of the best memories because most of the class was Cub fans. They were so upset the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was just talking about that this weekend. Like um, it's a nostalgia thing for me. It's a big thing. I'm very close with my dad. Um, he's like my person. Um, so I take a lot of pride now that, you know, I'm almost 30 years old. I can take my dad to a game. I like to drive so he can drink, um, like let him have the good time to make up for it. It's definitely like a, a parent thing. And I know like his dad was, you know, his parents were huge Sox fans. My mom was actually a Cub fan. And when my parents got married, my dad's parents said, you have to learn how to cook gravy because <laughs> Italian. And you have to be a Sox fan. So she wasn't a huge Cub fan. She decided to switch over and learn how to make great gravy. Yeah. Though, man, those mixed, those mixed couples, I, I do not understand. They exist. 
Mm-hmm. But man, I, play and it's a weird mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you just gave me a memory too, uh, Marge. Of let's see, I'm a sophomore in high school, and we're in class. And the um, the Cubs are in the playoffs. Is the year after winning ugly, which boy made 1984 even uglier. Not only did yeah. the White Sox <laughs> completely bottom out, but the Cubs, the Cubs came out of nowhere to do something. And they were giving like PA announcements about the game. And those first couple of games, uh, you know, the the Cubs were, were romping. It was just so depressing to think, oh my God, this is going to happen. Of course, thanks Cubs, you 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 sought your inner Cubdom and managed to uh, <laughs> blow that playoffs, but. Uh, that is a pretty cool teach, especially making all, I mean, not that it's supposed it's, to be just you hate. the only Sox fan in the class. So he like, he was just super petty. He was in like his last year of teaching and didn't care <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Seventh grade science. Go ahead and We're complain kids. Forget it. We're <laughs> you know, watching the I watched, parade. Yeah. Yeah. He basically was telling them to fuck off without telling them to fuck off. <laughs> Very fun memory I have growing up. All right, let's let's move on to. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Melissa because I think I already know hers. Even though we have all lived to see a White Sox World Championship, and I don't think any of us can actually say that isn't our best moment as a White Sox fan, because you know we're not like the you know some other teams where we can just like <laughs> file through the five or six we've, we've won in our lifetime, I and mean, we're lucky to do that with the playoffs, but. Uh, favorite moment. It can be World Series, of course, but uh, Melissa, your favorite White Sox moment that stands out? It is a slam dunk. I was at the Field of Dreams game last year, um, like a week before. The, so I had entered like the White Sox lottery and like a week before the Field of Dreams game, my uh, contact at the Sox called me and said, Hey, um, your name came up. We, uh, we have two tickets for field of dreams game. Would you be interested? I'm like, <laughs> interested. Yeah. And he's like, well, you'd be really surprised. A lot of people have passed it up. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't talk to my husband. I didn't anything. I was like, absolutely. Here's my credit card number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Charge it right now. Um, it was so like the goosebumps, the magic, like all that you felt watching it on TV like multiply it by a hundred being there in person. Mm. It was just absolutely magical. Like I'm sitting here right now. I'm goosebumps <laughs> just talking about it. Um, I, I, I am in one of those mixed marriages. My husband is a Cub fan, although he, he, I know he's a central, he's a central Illinois person though. So he was like Cubs or Cardinals. So like from, for him, he's like, Oh, I, I like the whites. Like I can do the white Sox. I just can't do the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, like, he really enjoyed a lot of it. Like it, it was just, it was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, if you got to be on the other side, at least if you're just willing to immediately stand down. Okay. Acceptable. Like soft Cub yeah. fandom. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So one follow-up question I got to know. Uh, Yankees take the lead (laughs) after the White Sox pretty much, you know, had a, you know, they, I don't want to say they were necessarily in control the whole game, but you know, they, they were in control of that game. Yeah. How were you? I don't know the crowd because I'm sure most people were, I don't know, or it was probably mixed Yankee Sox, whatever. Uh, How did you feel when the Yankees pushed ahead? Was there hope? Was there sort of like, man, this is a really lousy way. I was so excited. And that was a lousy way to end it up. Yes, that is absolute. Cause I, I tend to be the glass half empty White Sox fan, <laughs> I will admit. And so I, I was so mad. I like couldn't believe that Liam came in and just mm. blew it. Mm. And my husband looks at me and he's like, it's not over. 
And then when the Sox came to bat in the next inning and Sevy got on base, he said, TA is going to end this game. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my cubby hubby yeah. called it. And <laughs> yes, I, but I was furious would yeah. be an understatement. Like, uh, yeah, it was. We had Yankees fans in front of us. I mean, mm. it was just like, oh, yeah. yeah. I can imagine. I'll be thinking about like all the pictures. I took. Often. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like all the, all the photo opportunities you had and like, you know, taking a picture yeah. in the corner there. You're like, oh, great. Now all yeah. my captions are going to be like, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. sad face, you know, instead of, you know, <laughs> so jazz about this. Now now it sucks. Uh, okay, um, uh, Allie, let's pull you back in. Uh, moment that stands out. Again, it could be 2005 or if there's there's anything else that, that jumps out at you. Curious to know. Yeah, I think um... – so I obviously I was alive for the 05 World Series, but I was pr- still pretty young and like didn't quite have a grasp on like my obsession of baseball quite yet. And so last year I was at game three of the ALDS um, and there was nothing more like chilling and cool when Lucas Giolito came on the screen and was like, Sox fans, it's time for a blackout. Uh, and the entire yeah. stadium cool. went black. And, like, just looking around, everyone, like, whipping their black towels around. And, like, it was the most insane thing ever that I've, like, ever witnessed. And then when Larry Garcia hit that three-run home run, I could not, like, hear myself think. It was absolutely insane. Like, I will never forget being at that game, no matter what happened the next day. Um, Like, that will be instilled, like, in my brain forever. It was insane that I got to be there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious that because uh, we did a lot, especially once they announced blackout, which is like a no brainer. But I mean, yeah, it's the White Sox. You never know. Um, and, you know, and once, you know, and granted, they had to wait uh, what, 12 or whatever it was, uh, you know, 11 years to, to do, <laughs> do it again. Yeah, it was really yeah. a playoff opportunity. Uh, but we, we had, we, we devoted a lot of time to it. You know, some people went some, uh, I think, uh, Jackie and I had both been uh, at the original blackout. I think I even grabbed mm-hmm. my time. I think I might. I think we're still using the towel in the kitchen. So I went, I ran and grabbed it. Um, but I mean, that 2008 game was extraordinary. And I had been at the, uh, World Series games as well. Um, and you know, of course you can't compare to, you know, come on, you win a World Series, it doesn't matter if it's snowing. I mean, come on, there's no thrill like that, but yeah. the blackout game was the most bizarre, crazy, just unbelievable, uh, experience. Just seeing everything flooded in black was nuts. And I'm guessing not having that to compare it to, but it still had to be it did sort of suck some of the breath out of you just seeing this, you know, everybody into it. Right. Yeah. So I like dove into White Sox Twitter, like probably four months prior to that. So I was still kind of getting a grasp on like, what is this fandom? Like, what is this internet universe? (laughs) And I actually sold my two extra tickets to Jackie. Jackie sat next to me for so that's how I actually met Jackie. Um, but that's the first time that I really was like, yeah, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm like, I, that was the moment that I was like, there is no going back. This team will be taking all of my money. Just ask when, and I will give it to you. Um, cause I just like the, the, those types of memories are just things that you can never get back. And like just being yeah. able to experience that. And like one of my best friends from high school came with me and our two brothers were there. Like we just got to like share in that experience. And I just think that's so cool. Yeah. Scary. When you say you just take my money because you know, <laughs> Allie, Jerry will do it. He's going to do it. In fact, he just wrote your name down. Hey, Hey Jerry. Uh, it's funny you say that because. Down. 
it's funny I say that because they keep advertising like buy your 2023 mm-hmm. packages, and I'm like, oh. you're not. I'm not doing that next year. Right as of right now, <laughs> nope. Uh, okay, uh, Elizabeth, um, give me an idea about uh, what really sticks out as a highlight for you. It could be a mundane game. Could be uh, I don't know. Could be World Series. Yeah. So childhood wise, I would say going with my grandpa to mm. the stadium, especially during like the Mark Burley era when. Mm fun was still allowed and he would be like sliding on the tarp during (laughs) rain delays um I mean he was just such a character um so definitely that and then I would almost word for word say everything Allie just said that game was incredible um in my work life I had just worked the Chicago Marathon so I was like so excited to go to the game um, and my grandpa is no longer living. So he has a brick at the stadium. So I always, before big games, I go and see my grandpa. Um, and I did go and see him before that game. And I am not part of the Larry Garcia hate club. Um, I actually <laughs> see the value that he has in our team. So there was a guy talking crap next to me and about oh him during the game. And then he just does what he does in clutch situations. And I was like, told you and his <laughs> wife was laughing so, um that was pretty special and then I feel like I ruined it because I didn't go see the brick I didn't have time before game four mm. so everyone can blame it on me it's totally my fault <laughs> my bad um but I mean yeah it's incredible especially to witness it as an adult because your memories aren't as clear like when you're little like certain things you don't pick up on that perception isn't 100 percent there when you don't fully understand the game so seeing it and doing it now it's it's amazing yeah yeah for the playoffs in in 2005 i uh game one was like 80 degrees uh the first division game was like 80 so i i took a shower uh in the uh, in the outfield and then i kissed uh minnie on the cheek those are two things i want to do knowing that it was going to be far too cold probably as of the next game to take a shower. So I couldn't continue that as the, the superstition. So yeah, I just gave many a kiss. That's probably, you know, sorry, not the most sanitary thing, but Hey, listen, you got to do something and you know, Hey, it works. So, you know, um, you know, don't yell at me. Uh, okay. Marge, uh, something, something sort of sticking out as, uh, you know, as a top memory for you, uh, with the White Sox. I'm going to go with a negative memory, you guys. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm I'm the negative White Sox fan. If you've watched a game with me, I just <laughs> yell at them the whole time. I'm just like, you guys suck. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> so about eight or nine years ago when I was 21, I took my dad to the first Sox game that I was able to take him to yeah. that I bought the tickets for. I drilled to. Um, it was a Sox-Cubs game at uh, Comiskey. And um, I don't know what year it was. I can't remember anything specific about it, but I do remember that we lost, I think, 17 to two. Ooh. Um, and that was, yeah, my, we, we were a couple of the last Sox fans left and we went and sat in different seats and he was like, you never leave a game early. And mm-hmm. ever since that, like, that's just a rule of thumb for me is that I never leave the game now because of that memory. So. We went and found like our favorite section to sit in, which actually happened to be like 109. So he was like, Oh, this is my new favorite section. Um, so we were able to go like sit in, in like spots where we had them before, like right behind home plate and watch them get their asses kicked. And I think <laughs> that's why I hate this team so much. <laughs> 
Well, welcome. <laughs> it's great to have you. Uh, yeah, I think Marge, you got to have your dad uh, talk to mine. He wants to like leave. I mean, we were at the perfect game, and he was like, five minutes later, he was like, he was he was like a kid running, like literally like a kindergartner running up and down because we had pretty sweet. We were like behind the Sox dugout. We had some pretty sweet seats. He's running up and down. The, he's like a little boy. It's almost like embarrassed little boy. And then like five minutes later, he's like honking at people in the, in the parking lot. Cause I don't know. Traffic wasn't clear. For him. Swearing. Yeah. Um, something about the bloodline. Raguso, listen, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, all right. Hey, well, you know, guess what? Uh, we are going to drop off of this and come on back. Um, stick with us for a minute. Listen to whatever it is. SB Nation wants to sell you. Uh, I promise we'll come back and we will actually. Although this is fascinating, and, and frankly, I'm not sure I ever want to get to the 2020, 2020, 2020, team. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit, uh, but we are going to uh, wind up getting to know uh, the four guests uh, here on our sort of Meet the Players, Group Meet the Players podcast in just a minute. Uh, hang with us. We will be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, we're back. Brett Valentini here, lucky enough to host... The Mothership Podcast is number 114, unique, unique in the pantheon of Southside Sox. Mothership Podcast, meet the players with not one, not two, not three, but four new players. Oh, man, we have just made a talent grab this past week. Uh, I am here lucky enough to be hanging with uh, oh, my sister, Marjorie Gusso. It's uh, Allie Wessel, who we did not leave behind. She's back with us uh, <laughs> once again. Uh, Melissa Sage Ballenbach. Bowling back, bowling back, bowling back. I'm going to just say it different every time now. Now I'm in my head. I love it. I love it. I just got Jordan's name right. And now I'm going to screw up Melissa's for the remainder of podcast. And Elizabeth joining us as well. Uh, okay. Uh, before we get to the, unless we can somehow just make this segment stretch for a half hour or so, uh, we'll get to the 2022 Chicago White Sox here. Uh, shortly, but I'm curious to know, uh, always uh, sort of makes me uh, laugh a little bit. Haven't always asked everybody this, but all right. Uh, anybody can jump in, go on ahead. Uh, when uh, this clown from a Southside Sox account reaches out to you and says, hey, do you think you might want to do some stuff with this White Sox site called Southside Sox? Uh, what is the thought that runs through your mind? Feel free to jump in. I, at first, I thought maybe you messaged the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what? Because, I mean, I li- I follow you guys. I listen, you know, and I was just like, I- maybe he met another Melissa. Cause I- <laughs> so that was my initial reaction. But then I was like, oh, I think he does actually mean me. <laughs> and then I was super excited. And so, yeah. I um will expose myself here so when I was sitting next to Jackie at game three I was like what like how did you get into Southside Sox like and at this point I'm like many beverages in and I'm like (laughs) if ever there is anything that opens like let me know I'd be so interested like I want to get involved and then I just was like that was really embarrassing so I just like chilled for a while (laughs) Um, and just like tried to you know just be on Twitter and you know whatever 
And then, um, yeah, I've just been like laying low, you know, if something came to me, but when you reached out, like I was pumped cause I've been looking for a way to get more involved within this community and like have my opinions be more heard on like a larger level and like talk with other people that are, you know, like-minded or maybe not like-minded, but you know, we can at least share our opinions. So I was super excited. I think Jackie shared a funny story. Maybe before any of you uh, joined up with us, it must've been cause you've only been with us a, f- a few days uh that yeah i think i think she had said that somebody wants like ass and, and she's like yeah just have the guy just like sort of like like annoy you with a message and that's that's <laughs> how you get involved it's like okay yeah that's not exactly a formula to follow uh uh, uh, uh elizabeth marge uh, any thoughts there oh i screenshotted your message and sent it to jackie and crystal as i was already pretty tight with them and i was like is this a joke and they're like no it's pretty normal <laughs> Like, he'll just message people, like, if he finds you interesting or liked your tweets. I was like, oh, should I do it? Like, I went through a whole conversation with with my two my two spooky girls on Twitter. Jackie and Crystal, we're going to have to have a talk about how you're supposed to respond <laughs> when somebody comes to you. Not like, yeah, he's a freak. I don't know. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> Fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> Elizabeth, um... Yeah, really, I had uh, just sort of run across, um, you know, sort of the notion that you were doing this, you know, ballpark. I hadn't even realized you were yet uh, so near and so dangerously near uh, a target field. But uh, was something that was appealing to you right off the bat or no? Yeah, no, it definitely was. And it kind of all came together organically. Like I said, I had made a Twitter to like a year ago now to uh track when ps5s were dropping never really did anything with it since and then i was like i moved to minnesota this year and obviously getting to white Sox games are no longer as easy as they once were so i was kind of looking for a way to be connected um with fans so joined white Sox twitter got a lot of advice to run um but i'm still here um and then decided to do the ballpark thing so when you had sent me that message, I think I had just gotten back from Cleveland. Um, and I barely had a voice at that point because I was screaming so loudly for Johnny Cueto. I ended up changing my seat in Cleveland to go sit with other White Sox fans because the people around me in Cleveland were getting so annoyed. Um, I think game one, they told me I had a very distinct yelling voice. Um, <laughs> and, um, Daryl Boston enjoyed it. Him and I were like going back and forth, um, through the net. So. Shout out to Daryl. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was intriguing to me. Um, and I think it just kind of ties into everything. So happy to lend my voice, although it will probably be on the opposite of Marge and leaning a little bit more positive. Um, it all so, balances, right? Yeah, well, I'm negative enough for all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Happy to talk you off the ledge when you need to. <laughs> Here. Yeah, a lot. Oh. For a second here. Yeah, the um, uh, amazingly, you know, given it's pretty random, and you know, when it started out, you know, I mean, now it's a pretty big group. So, you know, like the case of you know, Allie, like you know, know somebody or maybe even talked about it before. But you know, to begin, it was a little, it was way more random. But yeah, really, I don't think I've. The people are always pretty. I never, you know, be honest. I'm, I'm a clown enough with social media. I mean, I don't even know that that's like sort of a boat and you're not even really supposed to reach out that way. But I figured, you know, at this point, I got a pretty good streak where people are at least like, and hey, not interested. And that's almost really never happened. You know, if, if anything, it's I'm interested, but then, you know, people don't just really follow up or they even join and it's sort of, you know, it, it's, it's, 
you know, it just doesn't end up, you know, working out, whatever. But uh, yeah, the, the success rate is, 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 is pretty extraordinary. So I'm not surprised to see all of you wishes with us and I'm glad uh, you're excited about it. And speaking of excited about it, uh, maybe Elizabeth is the only one who should have the mic here, but uh, let's talk about this 2022 team because, uh, you know, obviously high hopes, um, you know, all the jokes about waiting for the rest of the AL central competition to show up and, you know, it showed up. Uh, it's looking dire right now. Let's be honest. Even Elizabeth has to be saying, Ooh, man, this is, uh, this is going to be a tough road to hold, but uh, you know, game <laughs> in September, a game under 500 uh, for a team that won 93 games last year uh, by any stretch should not have had trouble this season. And they've really, they've just found trouble uh, over and over. The depth isn't there. Obviously we, we, we point to the offense uh, and mock that. I think, um, um, most aggressively, but you know, the rotations had holes, certainly injuries, uh, bullpen decides to generally be strong, but, you know, still find ways to, you know, not quite keep it as, as tight as possible. Uh, I guess let's take this two ways. And first, uh, up from opening day to this point, uh, let's get some assessments of, of, of how you felt about this, this White Sox team. Uh, you know, Marge, I can answer for you, but of course you're welcome to answer as well. But, uh, just, you know, the idea of this first five months of the season have been rough. There's no way around it. It has been rough and not what we expected. I think it's a ride because I'd rather you either just be terrible. And just, you know, second week into the season, have me be like, all right, we're not making the playoffs. This is just a fun season, whatever. Um, it's the back and forth. The we're going to get swept by the Diamondbacks, but we're also going to turn around and win two games against the Astros, who destroyed us last year. So, I mean, let me down quickly. It's it's the they're playing games. I keep telling people, like, this is like the toxic relationship in my life. I need to drop it, but I can't. <laughs> and going off of that too, sorry. Um, I think if we were in any other division right now, <laughs> all hope would have been lost. But yeah. like, it's the fact that we're yeah. one game below 500 and still only four games back from the division lead. Like that is what keeps me clinging is not even like we're going to be back and forth, good and bad. It's like, oh, we haven't even blown the division yet. Because people will come back with that line. Oh, well, like there's still hope for the division. And I'm just like, this division sucks. <laughs> and like, even if we win the AL Central, we're not getting past that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Marge, I was interested to hear you say that you just want the team to, you know, you know, sort of be terrible, you know, not, not have any mystery, you know, about it. The Sox traditionally are not that way. Stupid facts like to throw them out uh, for another story. I'm, you know, working on for Southside Sox, uh, the White Sox in 122 seasons, they've been a last place team eight times. They're very rarely that awful. And, you know, uh, I, I guess, you know, sort of tugging at your heartstrings like that isn't, you know, isn't very play. And I think maybe to extend on what you said, Marge, I think the problem isn't that, okay, this is a 500 team. I think most years we take 500 well enough because it's like, all right, you're in the mix and in a season like this, okay, you're within striking distance of the division and you never thought you'd be there. The fact that this is coming off of 93 wins, I think is what really is the gut punch. It's like, okay, wait, we're going to drop 10 wins this year and even still be in contention for the, for a possible division win. Uh, that is, that's a weird feeling. It, it is, it, it's very unnatural because you're right. Five other divisions, it, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I can't look at this lineup and look at their, like where they are right now. You're game under 500, but like the names on our lineups every single week, I'm just, this team doesn't play well together. I can't, I don't think they can figure it out very well. I can't figure it out when I watch them. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And it's, I think that's what makes it more frustrating for me is how do you go from, you know, I went Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday this past week, and those were just (laughs) embarrassing games. I can't tell you how silent that stadium was. And to turn around and then win yesterday and win today like they did, like, what, what, what's the switch? What is it? Yeah. It happens all season long and it just goes back and forth. And I'm like, could be uh, sending uh, Tony Larissa 2,000 miles away. Okay, the bat signal's up. Uh, Elizabeth, <laughs> we need a bit of sunshine. Uh, okay, give me your take of uh, the first five months of this season. Uh, is it uh, quite as dire? Yeah, I think what Marge said is totally accurate. It's the lack of consistency that's frustrating. Like, I will be positive, but I'm also realistic, right? Um, so the talent level that this team has is not being shown on a consistent basis, which makes it even more frustrating. Like I don't want to have to look at what the guardians are doing or what the twins are doing to see where we stand. And it feels like every day I'm cheering for the twins or the guardians to lose just so that we can stay in the race. And it just kind of feels like, uh, like we shouldn't, we've been at 500, like every, every, (laughs) every point of the season, it feels like, um, so, uh, in that regard, it's frustrating. And then it feels like we find new creative ways to lose some games. <laughs> um, so it's like, oh, we haven't seen that before. Let's yeah. do a triple play. Like yeah. what, what's going on guys. And then they show you a glimmer of hope, like the last two games, small ball, like several home runs, like, and then it's kind of like, okay, like this is the team and this is how we thought it would be. So what's going on? And maybe it was a fluke because I've been seeing stuff that the guys found out, like Andrew Vaughn had found out about Tony La Russa through Twitter. Um, So maybe that was the shock of that first Royals game. Traditionally this year, we don't win first games of series Mm -hmm. and then come back and, you know, kind of compete. Um, So maybe it's that, maybe it's that the guys are now playing for, Tony slash Miguel and trying to step up. I mean, I just don't have <laughs> pull a pull a card out of a hat. It could be any yeah. number of reasons. Aloy's now legs are sore. Mm-hmm. I just don't really know what to make of it. Um, I will say I do like the vibe and energy that Elvis brings to the team. Um, like the veteran experience that he has with adding Larry Garcia. Like sometimes that's helpful for the young guys. Um, and he seems like a positive person. So maybe that's good for the clubhouse. At this point, I have no idea. The fact that Elvis says, this is the most talented team he's ever been on. <laughs> hey, he goes on Rangers teams and went to the World Series. Ah, Elvis. <laughs> hey, you know, he's, you know, he's, he, he's dating the White Sox now. So he's got, you know, he's got to be sweet. He's got to be sweet to him for sure. Uh, you should not be allowed to your point, uh, Elizabeth, you should not be allowed to scoreboard watch when you're below 500. That's just uh, not natural. It just doesn't, it doesn't fit. Uh, and yet we are all scoreboard watching now a team that's, you know, been uh, for a few games uh, below 500. Uh, Melissa, um, you can, you know, bring it back negative or, uh, you know, uh, otherwise uh, first five months for you this season. Um, I, I think when you were first talking about it, Brett, you were like, well, you know, in the uh, pitching, you know, it's been the starting pitching has been pretty good. And then the bullpen and it's like, They've been good 
in segments, but they don't ever put it together. Mm. And so for me, that's what makes it crazy. It's like, oh, well, the pitching was spot on today, but then the defense was terrible and the offense was terrible. And then the next game you have, wow, we finally scored some runs, but guess what? The pitching is awful. And so the fact that they can never click on the same cylinders at the same time has just been completely maddening for me. (laughs) It's like you... You, when you tune in, you never know what you're going to get. It's just like, are you going to get that disjointed feeling? Or are you going to get a game where you can actually, like today, you, I was like, oh, like, this is the kind of game that I like to watch. And we've had, what, maybe like a half mm. dozen of them this yeah. season. And to me, that's crazy. It's like this mired in mediocrity thing is is yeah. making us all crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Game eight, six and two, by all accounts, should have been seven and one. Best team in baseball, mashing hell out of the baseball. And that was the last truly high point. And it's been, there was a, at least one tough, uh, really bad losing stretch right after that. And I think there was a little short, maybe four or five game winning stretch. And really, it hasn't been, this is the weirdest year. Forget the fact they're supposed to be so good or whatever. This is such a strange year that's really, it's like uh, it's one step forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back, one step forward. It, it, insane. I mean, it's like how do you even pull this off? It's like, you can try to do this. Um, I guess that's the uh, Hall of Famer baseball person magic uh, here for the White Sox. Um, okay, well, sixty-four thousand dollar question. Uh, and again, we can spend as much time talking about the twenty twenty-two White Sox as we want, or we can just ditch it any time. Uh, but. Uh, we have a month left. Well, a little more than a month left in the season going later because of the uh, delay to the season, uh, going on in October, uh, still a relatively quote unquote weak schedule. Somebody's going to yell at me for this because it's going to imply that I think there's easy games for the White Sox. And clearly they've demonstrated there isn't, but you would rather be playing. Oh, I don't know the Royals than you would be playing the Yankees, right? You know, no matter how, how bad you are as a team. Uh, so the, the, you know, the division is still out there for the taking. The White Sox have a lot of head to head games, uh, certainly with Minnesota, even a little bit with Cleveland. Uh, they managed to squeeze in a makeup game like on the 15th or something this month. So they got plenty of time to do something about it. Uh, but the question is, are they going to, uh, Allie, it's been a bit. So, uh, give me an answer there. Uh, what is your level of optimism? How do you think this next month is going to, uh, sort of wrangle itself out? Um, I just don't see it happening. I see us staying in the same spot we've been all season. I think, I just think it's not there. I've, I've had to watch two first basemen attempt to play the outfield <laughs> all season. Like, if that doesn't sum it up, like, there are so many things that could sum up this season. Um, I just, we've, we've injured every anatomical region on the body. This team, now our groundskeepers out with hernia yeah. surgery. Like I have zero confidence. My expectations are on the floor. If I'm pleasantly surprised, great. I'll be happy. Catch me at maybe a playoff game, but I just, I don't have any expectation and I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, by design. Okay, not two first basemen in the outfield, but one first baseman in the outfield was by design going into the season. That is, that is some scary roster mismanagement when you are expecting to put, I, I understand you got Jose on the roster, you got Vaughn on the roster and you know, Sheets, who knows, uh, several other players, maybe not actually formally first baseman, but probably should be. 
Uh, I mean, the idea that by design you went into the season like, you know, like two years ago, they, they threw Vaughn a glove at the end of spring train said, hey, you know what, you're going to play left field now. Uh, you know, Skip, I've, I haven't played outfield since like maybe T-ball or maybe high school. Eh, you know, we'll give you a couple days, get out there and figure it out. Well, it's two years in, he hasn't, he hasn't figured it out. Um, all right, Elizabeth, okay, again. Sunshine or not, um, how you feeling uh, last month of this season with a team game under 500, but still in striking distance? I mean, I just don't know what to make of it. We could go left. We could go right. Like <laughs> we have enough games left against division rivals that it could matter. And we could make up those four or five games relatively quickly. But if we don't, basically, if we don't show up this weekend, I feel like that's going to be a good indication as mm. to kind of what the rest of September looks like but i would say mid-september we'll have an idea of, yeah are we going or are we not yeah yeah minnesota's coming hot too that's not that's not great either um mm-hmm. because boy, we'd, who have the white Sox beat in the division they're, they're they got a winning record against detroit i think detroit. i don't think any of the other yeah, yeah. the other three teams detroit. they i mean come on the, the worst division in baseball and you can't i mean come on white Sox. god what a weird year uh all right, it's only fair. Everybody gets the answer. Uh, Marge, I mean, I listen. I I can imagine, but um, really, how are you feeling? I mean, last month, uh, game under. Where you at? No, I think they could do it a hundred percent. I don't get my hopes up though. I am I'm known for don't expect anything. So that way, if they do make it, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, they could do it. Now, what- I don't think so, yeah, but okay. they could, they could do it. I was going to say, Marge, you led me to believe I was going to get a very different answer there. So <laughs> yeah, yes, you're very I'm, very, I'm, I'm negative, but in my heart, yeah. I still love this team more than anything. Yeah. And I'm like, they could win the world series still. But, <laughs> yeah. No, that's not real. But in the back of my head, I'm like, what if they did though? You know, so they, they could do it, but I'm really interested to see how the next week or so goes with my, with uh, Cairo. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely not a, it's all Tony's fault person, but I am interested to see if there is a change. Um, cause I think some of it, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around to a lot of people. Yeah. The question I'd ask if I was on the beat, I would say, okay, wait, cause clearly Tony's still running things. I mean, uh, Cairo's not going to come up with something cr- crazy that, you know, Tony's going to like, you know, drop dead or, you know, whatever, you know, scream from Arizona about, but obviously in-game stuff, when you, when you pull a pitcher, et cetera, I mean, that is going to fall on Cairo. And so if this combination comes out where it's sort of still the Tony template and obviously the Rakan template, the roster is the roster, but then Cairo is proving himself to be actually pretty adept, pretty smart with personnel, then I hate to say it as much as we'll all enjoy that, right? Because, hey, the White Sox are back, you know, gunning for first place. you got to ask, okay, Miguel, then then what are you doing all season? It's like when, when we blame Tony for too much of the pitching stuff, it's like, wait, we got, we got the, like, uh, uh, Giolito whisper, uh, cats here. He's not waving on the, you know, the dugout saying like, no, no, you know, wh- whatever. These guys are coaches. Uh, you would think, I mean, I understand Tony might not be open to taking thoughts, but then why do you have a bench coach at all? So that would be the thing. If this really sort of clicks as, as happy as we'll all be I, in the back of my head, I have to say, okay, well then, Miguel, what's going on? You've got to step it up next year and be a little more active because, you know, we need that input to somehow temper, you know, whatever, whatever Tony's doing, you know, when he's not, he's not napping or whatever. Uh, okay. Um, uh, uh, Melissa, your, your vibe, uh, heading, heading four or five weeks uh, until this thing's done. When, 
to me, we're not in charge of our own destiny at this point because it's, it's that scoreboard watching. It's that we're the ones that are, we're, we're back. And so yeah, when you're in that position and when you're playing from that position, and I, and I really, that's the vibe I get from this team is that they're playing like that, that it's not in their hands. It's not in their destiny, which is confusing to me because of the level of talent that we have on this team. And so until I get a different type of vibe from that, and maybe the Miguel Cairo, maybe, you know, the, the all player meeting they had today, you know, there's some good comments coming out of that from Pollock. And so maybe that'll flip the switch, but I feel like we've had so many of those moments this year of like, well, maybe this will flip the switch. Maybe this will flip the switch. And I just, I feel like, we're playing from a place of it's not in our hands. And so my glass half empty negative, <laughs> negative perspective is I think we're going to end up in mediocrity. We're going to end yeah. up around 500 and yeah. waving at those people that weren't supposed to show up and say, well, I guess I'll see you in 2023. <laughs> yeah, right. Have fun in the playoffs. Uh, geez. If the, if the, uh, if the upper management or Tony, if they had just known, go out and have fun. That was the gist of the message, uh, the, the meeting, right? This last one was just, hey, you know, play the last month. Just have fun. Wow. Simpler than I thought. We overanalyze and we got our stats and it just have fun, guys. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, do a little bit of speed round stuff. Don't want to put anybody on the spot. So uh, launch out an answer if you want. I would like to know, so we don't make it too negative. It's much easier to ask who's disappointed you most this year. But I'm going to ask who has who's been the most pleasant surprise. I guess there's only a few obvious answers, but who's been the most pleasant surprise? Who's disappointed you most 2022 so far? Anybody got a prepared answer? Go ahead and throw it at me. I'm ready to go. All right. (laughs) I got Johnny Cueto, number one, like most surprised by that guy's a workhorse. I, I know that we're going to compete as a team every time that guy is on the mound. Um, I think tied very closely with him is Andrew Vaughn. Uh, we've seen, I, I think we started to see that last year and I know Jason and Steve have talked about this a lot on the broadcast, but I think his, at his quality at bats have gotten a lot better. And I, I more so mean Andrew Vaughn at the plate, not defensively because we all know he's playing out of position, but I think just like, I'm more confident in him in that top portion of the lineup. Um, disappointed, I think. It's, it's Lucas Chilito. I understand he got COVID and then he had, you know, post COVID, whatever he was dealing with. But I think it's just, you know, he had a really great 2019, 2020, 2021. And just to see this huge fall off and not be confident when he takes the mound, um, yeah. it's just really disappointing. Yeah. Is that something? Um, okay. So I would say. Positive, definitely John and Quito. I'm going to agree with you on that, Allie. He carried this team through the first half. Um, disappointed? I would definitely agree with Gio, but I'm going to go with Joe Kelly. Um, I'm, I've got to be the biggest Joe Kelly hater out there. Um, he came in with, there was such positivity around him, and oh my God, he's going to be the best closer we have. And I've not watched one game where I've been like, oh my God, he did a good job. You know, he's just, the second I see him warming up, I'm immediately pissed off. Like the second I, like, cause I listen to a lot of the games. So the second I hear Len go, oh, we got Joe Kelly warming up and he's playing catch out there. I'm like, turn off the game. I can't do it. So I think he's been such a huge disappointment. He was supposed to be a huge closer for us and just has not been there. 
Yeah, future reference, maybe given seven, eight million dollars over a couple of years to a guy who is actually injured when you sign him, maybe isn't the best plan, but I'm not a GM. Uh, okay, other uh, other thoughts, um, good and bad. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll I'll start negative first. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah. so so AJ Pollock. Um, I remember right right after he came on board, and there were some people from the Dodgers saying, "Oh, for the first two months, the White Sox right. fans are going to hate AJ mm-hmm. Pollock. Then you're going to love him." Mm-hmm. Well. I, I don't hate him, but I don't love him. He's like mediocre, right? Yeah. Like everything else. And so I yeah. think for me, that was the biggest disappointment because getting rid of Kimberly, you were like, wow, you know, maybe Han actually did pull off yeah. something kind of good here. Right. right. Um, and then I, for, for, so I'm going to go more recent with kind of exciting for me it has been Elvis. Like, I think he brings um, some energy to this team and he just, Every time he's on the field, he looks like he's there to play and play hard. And I, I think we needed that. Yeah. And he's, and he's helped sort of like um, a situation that could have been truly disastrous with Tim out. I mean, yes. you know, that's, you know, that's sort of a nice thing too. He's not only sort of patched it there, but you know, he's, he's actually, he's not just letting the White Sox get by, you know, he's actually producing for the White Sox. Uh, extraordinary. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, Thoughts either way? I mean, Cueto is the easy button. Like, who would have thought? The guy is a magician on the mound. Like, I just love watching him. He's so, so good for the club. And I think that when he called everyone out about the fire, that was a big kind of wake <laughs> oh, up Tony call didn't for like that. <laughs> well, I liken it to, I feel like in the clubhouse with Tony Larusa, it's similar to like Bill Belichick with the Patriots. Like, it's kind of like everyone's kind of tight-lipped, like, no one really kind of, I mean, the players own and take accountability for that after, like if Lance Lynn has a bad game, he'll say like, well, I sucked or whatever typical, typical Lance. But um, I feel like no one really ever says kind of too much one way or the other. Um, Like the whole like Luis Robert thing, like what was going on with him? Will we ever know? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, So Johnny Cueto, easy button. I really like Elvis and Josh Harrison. I think Josh Harrison brings a great energy. People love him in the clubhouse. I think he helps to kind of fill that like Billy Hamilton Mm -hmm. kind of void in terms of positivity. Um, And I think he stepped up big um, in the absence of Tim is kind of being positive. I mean, Ozzy likes to make fun of him for like revving the motorcycle or whatever. Um, But I did get the opportunity to meet him in Cleveland um, and he had people visiting him like that were coming down to take pictures with him that he had probably known for a while. Um, and, you know, I had asked him to sign my jersey and he was like, yeah, I just need to take a picture really quick. And then um, so he couldn't have been nicer um, on field and off persona wise. But um, biggest disappointment, I would say Aloy, because he makes such a big difference in the lineup in terms of hitting with his power. But I mean, he can't stay healthy. I was at the game when he got hurt for the first time in, in Minnesota. And ever since then, it's, it's just kind of like, Oh, like I have a paper cut. I, I need to sit out. <laughs> like it's, that's kind of the vibe that I get. I haven't seen anything written on how he got his nickname. Um, but I would imagine <laughs> kind of similar to that. And he lost his spark for a little bit. Uh, there wasn't yeah. much hi mom going on. No. Um, and it's come back, but now he's maybe hurt again. And I would say him and Luis Robert. Um, mm. so 
those would be my two disappointments. Yeah, we're going to, man, we're going to have to get the story about what has gone on. I mean, stretching to perhaps even before some of your fandoms, I mean, the White Sox were traditionally under Herm extremely uh, like eerily healthy. And, you know, of course, some of that's, you know, some of that is just dumb luck. And just like some of this, uh, these last couple of years might be just dumb bad luck. But wow, the idea of this has turned the way it has. And when you've got people like uh, Pasetnik now, even in the, you know, in the postgame show saying, listen, other teams aren't doing this. Cleveland is hustling. Uh, even teams are out of it. Kansas City is hustling. And we're, you know, we're telling our players not to hustle. And you know, then Ozzy chimes and making fun of Exavos. I wouldn't worry whenever Ozzy makes fun of me because, like, it's Ozzy. He doesn't even like Exavos for crying out loud. He's just there to <laughs> do some dance steps and, and and dress funny and lay on the couch when he's all frustrated. Oh, Ozzy. Uh, okay. Um, final speed round. Uh, something we do. A couple of you already know because you have filled out your meet the players uh, surveys. But I'm going to pick one question there. I'm going to briefly talk about it, especially because I got harangued about defending or I got put in a position to have to defend Field of Dreams last year. So I need to know from all four of you favorite baseball movie going back up to Allie to start favorite baseball movie. That's got to be the Sandlot. Oh, Sandlot. Okay. I admit I'm pretty Sandlot ignorant, so I'm not I'm not going to opine, but I know a lot of people uh, do vote it. Uh, Elizabeth, favorite? Uh, so since Sandlot was already taken, I would say <laughs> Summer Catch. <laughs> oh, Summer Catch. <laughs> Which is not like a baseball movie per se. Um, Field of Dreams is good if that's more about baseball, but <laughs> Summer Catch, Jessica <laughs> Beale, Freddie Prince Jr., like the summer <laughs> leagues, like I wanted to live on the Cape. I'm just oh. saying. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's true. Listen, yeah, there's a, a, a literally and a baseball romantic vibe about that, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, Marge. All right. Give me one. Oh, 100%. I got to agree with the alley. That's definitely like, uh, came out when I was like a little kid and that was one of the movies that was on repeat at the house growing up. So, uh, Melissa. Eight men out. I oh. love eight men out. Eight um, men out. I, I love. I think the story is so neat, unique to the history of baseball. Yeah. The cast was incredible. Yeah. When you look through and see all the people who are actually in that movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites. So that'd be the first time I've had this discussion with any, anyone. And somehow maybe this is, maybe this is a generational thing. I don't know that somehow major league didn't come up. I still, it baffles me how that can be. And I think on our site, I will have to say that if most people would vote major league as their favorite baseball movie, and I've never understood it even folks i would otherwise normally respect like zach hayes very smart guy does analytics circles around me but he votes for major league and i say zach you gotta talk to me you gotta explain this to me he tries it just doesn't take uh i don't get it um sandlot yeah sandlot is um is one i yeah i guess it just you know it wasn't it wasn't um i wasn't the target audience so i don't think i ever i don't think i've really even uh, seen it through, so now um, somebody here is going to yell at me because I need to watch the Sandlot. Correct? <laughs> Killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. And okay, so then, all right, let's let's uh, let's let's wind it up with Field of Dreams. Uh, Field of Dreams, thumbs up or thumbs down? Allie, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Field of Dreams. I actually just watched it through for the first time like two weeks ago. Wow! I, I it gets a thumbs up for me. You didn't force yourself to watch it last year when the White Sox were, you know, doing all that crazy over romantic, you know, jazz about it. You, you, you just. No. Bigger. So 
I played soft, I played travel softball growing up and we actually had a tournament in Iowa and my mom was like, we have to go to the field of dreams. So we like on our way out stopped at the field of dreams. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> I've never seen this movie before. I don't understand. Why this is so iconic. And then it just kind of died off. And I, I don't think I ever watched it. And then last year when field of dreams was happening, I was like in the middle of a move and getting settled into a new place. And I just like, didn't have a chance. Like I watched the game for sure, but no, I, I just recently watched it and it was, a, it was a feel good movie. It wasn't like, it's not like Oscar worthy or anything, but like it's, it's a feel good. <laughs> yeah. Movie. Yeah. I mean, you saw Kevin Costner at the game. You saw corn. You're like, okay, I think I pretty much saw the movie. All right. I, yeah, okay. Exactly. I get it. Fine. Exactly. Uh, all right. Fair. Okay. You know, I'm starting to figure some things out, even though you, so you claim you sort of just happened to meet Jackie and sat next to her at a, at a playoff game one last year. You're both like uh, hard-nosed softball pitchers, probably throwing chin music. I'm starting to figure something out. I don't know the whole story yet, but I'm going to figure it out. Uh, okay, Elizabeth, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, Field of Dreams. I will give it a thumbs up because the nostalgia aspect, um, similar story. Mine was a soccer tournament. Um, didn't really know. I'd, I'd see, I've seen the movie and I saw it prior to recently. Um I don't love it. I don't hate it, but it's more so a nostalgia thing. Boy, where were all you last year when Colleen Sullivan and God, who the heck was it? Maybe it was Jackie. Some man, they were just dogging me about it. But anyway, that was a whole different <laughs> podcast a year ago and White Sox aren't going to be invited back anytime uh, soon. Marge, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, field dreams. Um, I'm giving a thumbs up, but I would definitely agree with Elizabeth on it. It's more of a nostalgia thing. It's a feel good movie. Like it's not one where I'd be like, Oh, let's go watch the field of dreams. Like, it's not on my top five list. I'll watch it if Fair. someone else puts it on. Fair. Yeah. Listen, I'm, you know, I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to die for field of dreams. Uh, I was just put in a position because I was like, well, hold, hold on. You know, everybody's like, well, it's ridiculous. The, the girl's choking on a hot dog and nobody calls her. <laughs> it's like, but they're in the middle of nowhere. They're going to haul a hospital. She's going to die. She's going to live. And then the paramedics are going to come and help her stay from a hot. You know, I'm like, you know, this is sort of, it's sports fantasy. I know it's a weird uh, genre that doesn't exist or something, but, you know, I mean, it is sort of supposed to be sports fantasy. I mean, there's ghosts and stuff. Come on. Uh, uh, Joe Jackson hits right-handed. Come, come on. This is sports fantasy. What's going on here? Uh, okay. I don't think I have to ask, but Melissa, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Absolutely. Absolute thumbs up. And my true <laughs> test was my kid. So I, my kids watched it last year. I have a 20 year old daughter and a 16 year old son and they both liked it too. So I was like, yes, it is. A, it's a good, a feel good movie, but it's got our white socks in it. And maybe it's a generational thing. I mean, Kevin Costner. So yeah, yeah absolute thumbs up from me. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, if you're going to pick a Kevin Costner baseball movie, you pick Bull Durham. I, go, okay. oh, I mean, no. I get it. Don't, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't beat me up. I'm just, we're just talking about Field of Dreams. It's all right. So I went to the, you know, I guess I'm lying when I say the last time I cried over a baseball game wasn't for the winning ugly white Sox. It was when I teared up when they had a catch at the end of Field of Dreams. But come on, I'm watching with my dad. He, we did, we did have a catch, you know, even though, of course, who are from Chicago? We didn't have a catch. We just <laughs> threw the ball, right? Anyway. Uh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe it'll come up again. And believe me, if I ever have to defend Field of Dreams again, I may have call on one or all of you to be on, <laughs> on, on some other side because that was a, yeah, that was a weird podcast. Okay. Anyhow, thank you so much for uh, participating in this Meet the Players podcast. It's sort of a group Meet the Players. Welcome to the site. Look forward. I think we've already somehow hornswoggled um, listening to some sort of writing assignment, but I know we've got some other things 
uh, going on probably with each one of you. So I uh, encourage as there probably will be opportunities in the last month to uh, not uh, hesitate to step up and actually get on the site. We'll, we'll be posting your meet the players, which is a little survey about your fandom, et cetera, stuff that might not even be covered in this uh, podcast, but uh, certainly Melissa, Marge, uh, Allie, Elizabeth, thank you for joining me. And of course, everybody, thanks for listening, reading, sometimes even watching without you. We're not here. We're going to have a podcast probably sooner than you're ready for one. Uh, and maybe even one of these folks are going to join me for that one. So until then, take care. <laughs>